Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Influencer marketing. We look at word of mouth marketing. We look at what's working on TikTok. It's not about people marketing and selling. It's rather that people that look like us, people that understand our pain points, people that we can connect with. It's why we ask Facebook when we're traveling to a new city, what is their favorite pla- pizza place here, friends? Because we trust people that can understand our pain points, that can understand the things we're going to, right? When Donna started the the episode, she's like, oh my goodness, I have my kids home uh, for two days right now and I have to manage this. And everyone in here that's a parent that that could connect with that, now all of a sudden we are leaning in more, right? We are we are connecting at a deeper level, understanding some of the things that we're like, wow, she understands the same things we are. And so when we think about this idea of being more relatable online, showing up authentically, and then taking people on the journey, Part of the problem, I believe, that happens when we are avoiding to press the damn button, and yes, that's my mantra, that's the keynote I have, it's also the name of my podcast, it's called Press the Damn Button. And Press the Damn Button, the mantra and the reason that is, is that I believe you will not know what works until you press the damn button. You will not, I don't care, I mean, we can build out the greatest strategies in the world. We can work with the the likes of Brad Caldwell, who happens to be on the phone. We can work with some amazing strategists. We can build out uh, some amazing funnels and, and, and really, you know, start to dive in deep. But if we are not taking action, if we are not testing, if we are not putting things out there, we will never really know when actually something works or something is going to make an, a, a true impact. And so one of the things that we want to, like, think about in this idea and kind of building on hey, why do we need to show up? Why do we need to talk into the camera? What are the different types of, uh, of video that, that Donna was sharing earlier about you know, capturing? If you have a podcast right now, I believe podcasting, and, and this goes into what Glenn and, and Sarah are doing here, is the hardest medium in the world to market. I believe is the hardest medium to market. Now, Clubhouse marketing a podcast is, is probably the, is one of the, the, the interesting exceptions to that rule because people, for, for marketing for a podcast, really the only way podcast listeners find a podcast that they like is when they hear it from another podcast listener. 
if you are marketing a podcast, in many cases, your podcast is only going to connect with people that actually, you know, hey, I've listened to podcasts before. I understand them. They fit into my lifestyle. I'm a big fan of podcasts. I've hosted well over 500 episodes across the five podcasts that I've hosted over the years. Uh, I currently have two that are out there, and I'm a big believer in that kind of consumption of content. But the reason I brought that up is I believe podcasting is a great place to focus on that great piece of content. But we actually need to, we can even take it a, a, bit, a bit further. Now, I know Glenn was using Facebook Live, and, and we, can <laughs> we can digress from that in a minute. But I, I've done, for all of my podcast episodes, I go live. I use live video to record my podcast. So I interview the, the guest on live, and I leverage live video. And, and part of the reason of that is, A, it's another way of marketing. B, I'm getting them on video, right? So now I'm actually uh, you know, able to use that video clips as part of my, uh, my content amplification. But the other part of it is, I don't know about you guys, but I hate talking to myself or feel like I'm talking to myself in a, you know, a Skype recording room or if I'm recording a podcast locally. I, I just don't have the same energy. I don't have the same fire, even if it's just microphone taps. And so I leverage live video because it kind of gives me a little bit of that connection to an audience. It allows me to feel like this content is ready to, to, to you know, thrive in this ecosystem. And so I use live video to record my podcast episodes. And so when, the, when I'm done recording it, right, I now have a video right, from, from me and the guest, or if it's a solo episode myself, I also now have the audio that I can strip out of that podcast. right? So now I have audio and video. And the neat thing about this is, I, I, we've heard about this many times, right? The idea, uh, and if you haven't heard about it, there are a lot of great places that will repurpose your content, right? Because now you can take the audio and turn it into otter.ai, which is a great transcription service. You can transcribe the audio, and now you have the, uh, you know, the framework for a blog post. Uh, if you take out you know, some of the most popular quotes that are in there, you can now add that into a quotes. Um, there's, another, there's another tool that I like. It's called Try lately.ai, try lately.ai. If you upload a podcast audio or a video and you connect your website to the platform, it'll actually understand your audience, understand your branding, and suggest to you 20 to 30 social media posts that you should create from the content you actually created, all using artificial intelligence. It's try lately.io or .ai. Um, and Try Lately is a, a tool I've been using for many years, and it's actually neat because it actually form it actually creates the posts for you, so you can just like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever that may be. Or you could even you know take some of those tools and use it into some of the the new AI tools that are out there that actually help you write blog posts from your existing copy. Right? I use one called Jarvis.ai, uh, and and Jarvis actually allows me. I'll, I'll take the the transcript take the first paragraph of the transcript, I'll put it in there, and then I'll let it try to build out a blog post around it. Now, all that might sound confusing and, and fast-paced, but there's lots of places you can Google that information. I'm not here to give you Googleable information, and uh, yes, that's a word. Um, I'm hopefully here to, to open your mindset to why this is important and what's actually possible, because what I'm actually meaning when I'm saying, why do we need to do focus on this great content? is that the magic in all of this is if we have a great podcast episode or a great video and we're packaging it together, now we can start looking at this and saying, that is our created piece of content. Now we need to figure out how are we going to document content around it. So the mindset shift that I believe that is really important for us to kind of wrap our head around is the difference between creation and documentation when it comes to our online content. Let me say that again. The difference between creating content 
and documenting the journey or documenting our lives. And I think that the, the reason that's important is that's where the overwhelm kind of, I often feel that it, it exists. Brian, I can't create daily Instagram stories. That's just too much work. I have so much more going on. Well, can you document what you have going on throughout your day using Instagram stories, right? It's a different mindset. It's also a mindset that moves away from our need to be great and moves towards our need to provide real-time information. And I mentioned this before, the magic right now in content creation in social media is not creating the content. It's not even making great content. I actually think you know, we have enough data and information right now that we could create great content pretty easily. That's not the magic. The magic, the people that are really making an impact with what they're doing on social and the content they're creating, understand that their priority and focus has to be on how do I get the right content in front of the right audience at the right time. The right content in front of the right audience at the right time. Now, this, uh, the, the, the caveat to this is also, this is very platform uh, you know, siloed, right? So what you're sharing, how you're sharing something on Instagram will not be the same way you're gonna share or how you're going to share it on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or TikTok or Snapchat that was brought up before or Pinterest. Pinterest is a massively underused, uh, utilized platform. And so what I want us to think about in this concept is if I am creating less content, but I'm, do, I'm understanding the importance of, of actually documenting my journey, documenting what's going on, I can now focus on how do I get that right content in front of the right audience? And this is where I say we need to upcycle things. And so one of my favorite things to do is I love Instagram stories. I have not missed uh, a full day of Instagram stories in a long, long time. And part of that is because I believe it's about giving that word access to our community and audience. I think Donna did an amazing job and I took a couple of notes on a, a couple of the things that I realized that maybe I'm not doing uh, as good of job of you know, defining my problem that I'm solving with the things that I'm offering you know, it's around my masterclass or the ADHD creator coin that I have. And so I was like, ooh, I think I need to, I need to tap into that a little bit more. But what I, what I love about Instagram stories, I'm a full-time keynote speaker. I get to speak around the world. I've had the luxury of speaking in 76 countries. And I will tell you, before I take the stage to share a new keynote program or to deliver a new story, I've tested that story out well over 100 times. Well over 100 times before I ever deliver a story on stage, I have tested it out well over 100 times. And, and the, how I've done that is leveraging Instagram stories, leveraging Twitter. And what I will do is I will test out different messaging, different framework. I'll say, you know what, today I'm gonna talk a little bit about the, the value of transparency. But I'm gonna talk about why transparency and oversharing isn't the same. And I'm gonna demonstrate that on Instagram stories throughout my day. And at the end of the day, I'm gonna ask people on my Instagram stories, what did they feel or what was their takeaway from that, the story I shared today? And if that emotional connection or that takeaway is what I was looking for in that story, well, now I'm gonna lean into that a little more. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna document some more on that. But for me, the idea of testing our messaging, testing uh, our stories is a beautiful thing in a space where at 24 hours, every 24 hours, it, it resets, right? And I think this is why we have to understand each and every platform. Now you heard me mention at the top of this that I said what you need to do is you need to take your greatest tips from Instagram and implement them on LinkedIn. Because here's the thing, 
I'm a .com, I am not a .org. I have to put food on the table. I have three amazing, beautiful daughters. I have child support, spouse support. I have a, a business to run here. And what I'm doing on social media is not to gain fame. It is not to go viral or get followers. It is ultimately to build trust so that whenever I need to sell something or provide something or someone is approached and said, hey, I need someone to talk about technology. Or I need someone to talk about digital empathy at my upcoming event. The first person they think of is me. And when I say that I believe you should be taking what works on Instagram and implementing it on LinkedIn, it's because I have some data to back it up. 68%, 68% of my closed speaking leads went from, came from LinkedIn in 2019. 68% of my closed speaking leads, I, that year I spoke 64 times uh, total, they actually came from LinkedIn. Now, the question might be like, well, Brian, well, first of all, some of you might be like, wait, LinkedIn? That's a social network, because um, you probably only check in on LinkedIn uh, when you're looking for a job or you're hiring. Um, it's owned by Microsoft, right? So Microsoft is in a data game. And they're usually a little bit late to the game. They have LinkedIn stories right now. Uh, Twitter got rid of, uh, of their Twitter stories, or Twitter fleets that they called it. Uh, it only lasted a couple months. But the LinkedIn has, uh, of course, LinkedIn stories. But what they have even more important, and what I did in 2019, because that's really what you guys care about, right? We care about, Brian, what did you do to get 68% of your closed leads to become from LinkedIn? Here's what I did, is I did a weekly video where I talked into the camera with no calls to action. I simply covered a topic from a thought leadership perspective. So I would start off every video with the phrase, what's up LinkedIn, Brian Fanzo here, founder of iSocialFans and digital futurist, and today I'm gonna talk to you why the creator economy is disrupting the future of influencer marketing. And then I would actually simply share what, I, what that video is about. Now here's the thing that's the funny about that is how did that work for me? Why did I, why, what, you know, what did I talk about? I would spend the week prior to the LinkedIn post testing out messages on my Instagram stories to see, figure out what, re, what related with people, what caused people to click back, what caused people to actually send me a message. And I would take notes. And so I would say, oh, you know what? People really were, were they didn't really care about the creator economy or cryptocurrency when I would talk about it in general. But when I mentioned that it's going to disrupt the entire influencer marketing agency, or, or, you know, market, all of a sudden they cared about that. Now I need to make sure that that's included in my LinkedIn video. Because what LinkedIn allows you to do is you can upload a native video, which means you, you know, you're recording it on your phone. I record every single video on my iPhone, by the way. Um, you can record up to 10 minutes and you can natively post it. It's not, a, it's not a YouTube link. It's actually uploading it directly to LinkedIn. You can't record it in LinkedIn, but just use your iPhone or your, or your Android. Use the, the photo app and record your video. And then you can upload it under 10 minutes. You can include some uh, up to five hashtags that are actually uh, threaded there. But here's the thing. I believe that each platform has its value, and we have to understand that and embrace that. What was mentioned earlier by Donna was that you know, Instagram is about giving people access. It's for your super fans that trust you. I couldn't agree more. I believe in that wholeheartedly. And here's the interesting thing about that. For me, what I'm doing with Instagram is I'm hopefully turning my super fans into my greatest av advocates as a keynote speaker. They're the ones that are going to, when they hear their boss come into the office and say, you know, we're gonna have an event. Anyone know of a great speaker that you would love to have? They're the ones that are going to, to mention my name. But they're not the ones, for the most part, that are going to hire me to speak. 
And the greatest example I can give of this is when I post about, hey, you know, uh, next week I'm, I'm going to be in Baltimore. Uh, I'm speaking at one of the largest uh, conventions on uh, for uh, trade shows. I'm, I'm speaking at this massive trade show event. I'm the, the opening keynote. And I, I'll say on Instagram, hey, oh, hey, guys, I'm excited to be in Baltimore. I'm going to be talking at this large uh, you know, trade show. The topic I'm going to be talking about is the, the future of work and the disruption the future of work is going to have thanks to the creator economy. If I post that on Instagram, people are going to be like, man, Brian, that's awesome. I, I wish I was in Baltimore. Let me know when you're coming to my town. If I do a video and post that on LinkedIn, the comments and direct messages I get are, Brian, I love that topic. You know what? I wonder if that topic would work for me. I w let's get on the phone. I would love to know how I can hire you to speak at my company. And the reason that I think of this and we have to think of that shift is we have to also understand the audience. Now, I'm not saying LinkedIn is easy to, to actually leverage. I believe it, you need to put in the time there. I've been posting regularly at least three times a week since 2013 on LinkedIn. Every, every week I usually post you know, three posts. I pull up the app for maybe 15 minutes a couple times uh, a week. But I'm very active on the platform. But I also understand another element of this. And part of that is, I like to fish where less people are actually fishing. If everyone is on TikTok because TikTok is what's working right now, what I do is I jump on TikTok and I listen and I learn to what's working. I check out some of you know, my favorite creators. Ooh, how are they doing jump cuts? What are the stories they're telling that are connecting with people? And you know what I do? I take that to LinkedIn. I don't jump on TikTok because everybody's already fishing there. Now, I do play on the platform just to understand the platform. But I believe that magic, and I said this before, it's about creating the right content at the right time and getting it in front of the right people. And so what I believe our magic sauce on this is, if you feel like something is working on Clubhouse, don't think about it from a Clubhouse perspective. Go back and say, how can I create this same kind of emotional connection in my email newsletter? How can I create this same kind of emotional connection on my, on my uh, you know, website? Because this is that magic of understanding what works, but then going to where your audience is. And I always use this in one of my keynotes. You know, I'm, I'm a millennial. I was, uh, I'm 40 years old, so I'm a, a pager-wearing millennial, uh, which just means I had a pager. Uh, and I always say that, you know, the Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner movie, a big fan. Uh, in Field of Dreams, they said, if you build it, they will come. Here's the breaking news, maybe not breaking news, and tough, you know, advice for everyone in here. If you build it in 2021, nobody is coming and nobody cares. I do not care that you launched a new Instagram account. I do not care that you have a new TikTok account. What I care about is are you going to bring me value to where I, as the consumer, am currently spending my time? So what I want to kind of pull this together on is we have to focus on that great content, but then understand how each one of these platforms can work for us. So I, I'm a, I, as I said, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I know a lot of people have podcasts that are listening to this. Um, actually, my friend Kevin, Kevin uh, is in the audience there. Kevin Sturmer is in the audience, uh, the followed by speaker section. I was actually just on Kevin's podcast uh, just last week, and the episode actually dropped today. And as I mentioned before, the idea of promoting a podcast on social is extremely difficult because you have to find the podcast audience, and then you have to hope that they're willing, they have room in their, the roster of listening. 
But what Kevin did really well, and, and I'm giving him a, uh, some love, a shout out, because not only did he post a podcast graphic on uh, Instagram feed, which I shared to my Instagram story because I'm his guest. His first guest last week was Justin Garini. For those of you that are, uh, you know, met him here on the platform, he is a good friend of mine as well and just a great human being. And so one of the things that he, that he did was he not only posted that you know, Instagram uh, feed, but he also created a very, you know, very elaborate but also simple Instagram story graphic that played one of his favorite clips from the interview. Because here's the thing that we are doing, and we have to think about this differently, is if we are going to where our audience is, the last thing we want to be told is where we need to go. Is anyone here, I'm curious, does anyone here love when someone comes onto a channel or to a program and says, hey, I'm here on Clubhouse, everyone needs to go to my Discord server and only listen to me on Discord? The first thing we're like, dude, I don't, first of all, Discord confuses me. Second of all, I'm already here on Clubhouse. Why are you trying to take me somewhere else? But if we come on to Instagram and say, you know, I launched this new podcast and you guys have to hear this powerful clip from one of my guests and you play that audio, now I'm not telling you that you need to go somewhere else. Rather, I'm giving you that value to where all of a sudden you're now DMing and saying, hey, where can I listen to the rest of that episode? Where's, where's part two? Who's your next upcoming guest? And so that magic to me in this idea of upcycling our content, shifting our focus and our mindset, is it's not about taking our one great piece of content and going to every channel and saying, go listen to me, go watch me. What it is about is understanding that community. So for example, in Kevin's podcast uh, that I mentioned before, I, I, actually, I actually messaged him and said, you know what you should do? You should do a, a short LinkedIn video and you should do a recap of the episode the day the episode comes out and let people know what are the most important takeaways that you found during this actual, you know, during that interview. And don't promote the podcast. Be like, hey, I had a chance to sit down with Justin Garini and Justin Garini was from American Idol and he is now a confidence coach and he is really working with people to, to, to shape their confidence with everything they're doing in life. And here's a couple of takeaways I had. Because what that's doing is that's going to where your audience is. It's providing them value. And those that find that so much valuable, they're going to go find your piece of content. They're going to go check out that podcast. They're going to hit Google. They're going to send you a direct message. And so as we look at this, as we look at the future of, of social, look at the future of marketing, I do believe the future of marketing is relatability. The question now becomes how committed are each and every one of us to being relatable with our audience? How committed are we with understanding that it's not about creating on every channel, rather creating great content, and then documenting our journeys, letting people come along with us on the ride? As, as Donna mentioned before, and you know, I, I've shared this before, and I'm gonna change my, I'm gonna do a little PTR action live while I'm talking here. But I, you know, our friend uh, Rachel D'Alto, who has a book that uh, is coming out called Relatable. If you, if you PTR right now, pull down a refresh, you actually see I changed my profile photo to her book. Now, Donna mentioned none of us were paid, and none of us um, were, you know, were part of you know, helping her amplify her book. But here's the thing, I get four books a week, every single week in the mail, four a week because I'm a speaker, and all my speaker friends buy, uh, write books. It's just kind of how it works. Four books a week. Now, I will tell you, the last time I promoted a book on my social media was about six weeks ago. My good friend Erin King, who happens to be one of my closest and dearest friends in the world, launched her book uh, around, you know, you know, that you're all a big deal. It's a great book. 
but why do I not promote those other books that are just sending in my mailbox? Well, first of all, I don't really have a, a true remote connection to them, and nobody knows my audience like myself. I know that I, I have trust with my audience, and nobody's book, nobody's content, no actual contract as an influencer would I ever risk jeopardizing that trust that I have with the audience. But the flip side of that is also, if you bring me on the journey through your writing process, through your launch, through your, your decisions on um, you know, the cover of your upcoming book, not only do I feel a part of it, but I feel compelled to help make it successful because it's content that connected with me and I care about the person. I said this yesterday and it bears repeating. We are, we are great brands, we are great people, we are great entrepreneurs, we are great small business, not because of the product services that we provide, because of the people that make up our company. The days of letting our work do the talking for us, the days of letting our products and service stand out, I'm sorry, those days are over. There are too many people that are drowning out your noise, that are taking up all of the oxygen online, that you are not going to stand out. It is now up to us to empower the great people behind your great brands and your great businesses. And that magic happens as we understand that importance of not only being relatable, but understanding that we don't need to create more content. I mean, the world has enough content because somebody said content is king and then everybody created content and, and, you know, and no one's ever said right now, I mean, nobody wants another white paper. Is anyone here like, man, I wish I had another white paper. No one, not one person. And I, I say, I ask that question in, in front of marketing audiences and no marketing audience wants uh, another white paper. But what we do want is we want that access. We want connection. We want exclusivity and a way to feel the people behind the brands that we're working with. Because I said this yesterday, and I'll, and I'll close with this. We are all in the same business, my friends. Every one of us, we're in the same business. We are in the business of trust. And we don't trust a logo. We don't trust just a website or a brand, especially just because they've been in business for a long time. We trust people. And if you are not willing to look, let your audience look you in your digital eyeballs, you need to start working with your team, those that you work with, so that they can start doing it. I firmly believe right now is the greatest time in history for us because the playing field has been leveled thanks to social media and digital. We have the ability right now to stand out by simply showing up as ourselves, letting people look in our eyes, and truly you know, giving them that window into who we are. But that does require us to have an open mindset, to stop just creating content because someone told us, not just posting on every social channel because we feel like we have to be everywhere, but understanding the real magic is creating the right content at the right time for the right audience. Understand your audience, understand where your value proposition is in creating content, and then focus the majority of your time getting it in front of the right people. Now that's what I got for you guys today. I appreciate you guys letting me kind of piggybacking on there. I'm happy to, uh, not, I don't like piggybacking. I like surfing on it. So I got to surf on, uh, on what Donna shared a little bit earlier. And I'm uh, excited. We have another great half hour coming up right after uh, me. So that's kind of like the beauty of this uh, amazing room and everything that we have going on here is that not only is there 15 hours of content, but I'm, uh, I'm cont compelled to stay here and hang out almost every hour because of all uh, of the great content here. So I'm gonna challenge everyone 
make sure that you check out uh, Breakfast with Champions uh, over on all of the different social channels. I love the strategy that what Sarah is implementing right now with Glenn as far as what's going on social, how they're talking about things that you're doing. And I will say, a lot of what I see Sarah doing is what I was just preaching when it comes to this idea of upcycling great content and the great people. And let's face it, Glenn, you've done a great job of amplifying and setting up all these great people uh, in uh, you know this uh, this amazing room uh, and this uh, you know club. Uh, so thank you everybody for for this segment. I have a normal segment uh, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So if you guys want to check that out, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.